Well, hello, everyone. State of Ready is back, and this is our end-of-the-year episode, episode 7. My name's Ed, owner of Ready Northwest Emergency Management, coming to you from the top left corner of the map, Portland, Oregon. And my name is Bill, uh, Bill Fogarty. I am coming to you live from San Francisco Bay Area and now the new owner of 21 Clets LLC, which is a public safety training company. And we are both excited, and I know you all out there who have been listening to State of Ready ever since uh, our very first episode, um, really excited uh, to for what this new year is going to bring. Um, granted, we are recording at the beginning of January, and this is our end of the year 2019 podcast. Apologize for that, uh, because I had the flu. And uh, for all of those out there who have not yet received or gotten their flu shot, let me tell you, this flu is not fun at all. Um, if you followed along on my pod or on my Twitter account, you saw that uh, it is absolutely no fun. I highly recommend getting a flu shot. This was the one year that I didn't because I no longer worked at the hospital. Um, but let me uh, just say, you know, from the public health side, that is a big thing. Uh, when it comes to the flu that's out there and making sure that uh, the public takes care of and understands the messaging behind the flu shot is very important. So I uh, highly recommend uh, that you, if you have out there already, go get the flu shot. Being sick is no fun this year. What about you, and though? the other thing to chime in on, Ed, is that it's also important to make sure if you're going to be coughing, cough into your shirt sleeve or something so you're not coughing into your hands. And also make you sure to use good hand sanitizer every time you go in and out of crowded places to try and minimize as much possible germs as you might be getting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, personal protective, uh, hand sanitizer, washing your hands. It's very interesting, actually, to think some of the basics that we take for granted when it comes to human interaction that uh, can be a real big conduit towards transmission of a disease, such as shaking hands or even talking to somebody. Um, as you brought out, Bill, uh, very important that we uh, take those precautions once we're sick. And also, um, also, I know a lot of you out there in emergency management are big team players, uh, but if you are feeling sick or on the verge of getting sick, um, take the day off, work from home. Um, it does you no good if you go into work while you're not feeling well and then get other coworkers or customers sick. Um, so if you have the uh, ability to do so, uh, you know, why don't you just take some time off, uh, recover, get yourself better, and uh, help not spread the sickness as it goes around during this particular flu season here. And Ed, I think that leads directly into our first segment about the highlights of 2019 and meeting people. So uh, where did you go, Ed, this past year? Yeah, so thanks for um, uh, um, asking. Um, I recently, at the beginning of December, I had attended the National Healthcare Preparedness Coalition Conference in Houston, Texas, very first time I was ever in Houston. Um, I was there for a uh, three-day conference. Uh, we learned a lot about healthcare coalitions. And uh, if you are not familiar with healthcare coalitions, um, they are coalitions uh, that are formed around in each state uh, that uh, all the healthcare providers are usually managed by a uh, lead organization um, that takes charge and, and maintains and, and hosts um, coalition efforts uh, for healthcare facilities, everything from hospital surgery centers, hospices, uh, down to uh, dialysis centers and uh, clinics. It all brings them into one umbrella, so to speak, so that uh, there could be concerted efforts to build resilience 
and to build um, both resilience and uh, collaboration within healthcare entities that are serving under their coalitions there it really helps strengthen uh, those uh, regions to be able to support anytime there might be a disaster from a mass shooting to a natural disaster. Um, those coalitions are really able to bind together to bring the whole community approach to those who that they serve. You? And I am happy to say that I actually attended active shooter training as well. A uh, few places I went to is I went to uh, Maryland, uh, wonderful, amazing El Central, California, and uh, also uh, La Mesa. Uh, I'm sorry, I went to Yuma, Arizona as well. Uh, so I was down the southern part of California and uh, learned a lot about uh, the importance of making sure to be aware of what is that's going on around you and also how to be best prepared in case you have to defend yourself. Yeah, such a, a valuable thing to learn nowadays, especially with the, the rise of active shooter and hostile threat incidents that's, that are going on um, that happen uh, that are happening more frequently and uh, with more regularity in places we didn't think possible. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in the year 2020 about active shooter situations. Um, but uh, in addition to heading over to Houston, um, I was here um, based out of Oregon. So we had our Oregon national or our state conference, Oregon prepared or prepared. Shout out. We got another one coming in March. Um, so those state conferences, um, for those who are state of ready listeners who are in school or just entering into the emergency management field, one of the best places that you can network would be your state conferences. Uh, highly recommend joining your state association of emergency management if uh, you have one, uh, because they really bring you into not only the networking uh, that is so crucial within our emergency management field, but also the knowledge that you can tap into, especially if you are starting out. Uh, emergency management is a constantly, as much as it seems like it's been there forever, um, it's actually a growing and uh, becoming into its own. And so you're going to start to see a lot more movement in the educational aspect of emergency management, as well as the adoption of new technology. So those state associations are really critical to understanding who and what um, the initiatives are gonna be happening within your state. So highly recommend that you join those. And I 100% agree with you, Ed. Here in California, we have the California Emergency Services Association. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, if you're looking for them online, it's at CESA.net. Again, CESA, C-E-S-A.net. Uh, California Emergency Services Association uh, is a nonprofit organization and really it's there to help educate. And I, I once again cannot emphasize, Ed, how much you are correct on going to those conferences, getting a foot in the door and finding out who the important people are in the field and really getting a chance to learn from the experts. Uh, it's really important for you to continue your education. I do that. I know Ed does it too. And I really think it's important for you to be a lifelong learner and you know, anything Ed and I can ever do to help you, we're here to provide you with resources and conferences that you might be interested in going to as well. Yep, absolutely. And for those who are in Oregon listening, OregonEmergency.com, that goes to the Oregon Emergency Management Association. Anytime I've ever had questions, um, that would be the place to uh, contact. Uh, and uh, like I said, it's not just emergency managers. Uh, at these organizations, you'll find a lot of private industry. Uh, and a lot of those that are uh, very interested in emergency management, volunteer agencies, 
uh, et cetera, that are going to be associated with your state emergency management uh, association. So highly recommended no matter where you're listening um, and no matter what state you may be in, give them a shot, become a member and uh, contribute to emergency management. And with that being the case here, um, social media, how we have seen social media adapt and become a huge player in 2019 and how we're going to start to see it become even more in 2020. Um, one of the biggest things, if you are in social media uh, and you follow uh, the hashtags, and we're uh, primarily going to focus on uh, Twitter, uh, but we will talk about different ones. Uh, follow along, hashtag EMG Twitter, hashtag IAIM911, hashtag LESM for law enforcement social media, hashtag SMEM for, uh, I knew that, uh, oh, and hashtag be prepared. If you're out there, I know what hashtag SMEM is. Social media emergency management, I believe that's what it is. Um, but definitely follow hashtags and then as situations develop, follow those hashtags. Um, emergencies and disasters can be quick moving, and we have seen them in 2019 with both active shooter incidents, wildfires, and hurricanes. And if you are following along because that incident is occurring in your area, or you're following along just for situational awareness, jump on to those particular hashtags for the events there. And Ed, I know you and I both uh, were very big into growing our followers the past year. Uh, we were able to get State of Ready onto LinkedIn. Uh, it's on Twitter and also at stateofready.com. Uh, we highly encourage you to log on, uh, click on the link, follow us. We will be constantly pushing out new information as the new year starts. And 2020, we're looking to grow our followers. And Ed, I know you have quite a following on uh, Twitter, if I remember correctly. You reached a new milestone recently? Yes, I just, uh, just hit, I think, 2,000 followers now. So... Uh... I guess uh, everybody, I think all those, I think all the followers out there who are following a lot, following me at uh, ready underscore Northwest, uh, highly recommend you also follow State of Ready too on Twitter because uh, we are very active on that, both of those um, platforms there. So big shout out to all my followers uh, who are following Ready Northwest. Um, 2020 is going to be great and uh, looking forward to hearing. And you know, what's interesting is meeting some of you. I am when attending these conferences, uh, one of the big things that I like to do is tweet or reach out on LinkedIn at these conferences uh, to do face to face. So where virtual meeting uh, is great, but really building those face to face relationships. And there were a few of them out there uh, that I met at the conference in Houston, the National Healthcare Preparedness Coalition. So it's great to be able to put a face to a name uh, and a connection and a, or a follower. Uh, so definitely, if you see me out there, if you see Bill out there at any of those conferences, don't hesitate to come up to us um, and say hi. We'd love to meet you. And if I remember right, Ed, you and I both are uh, aficionados of beer, and I know I'd be more than happy to buy a beer for at least somebody who comes up and says hi to me and tells me to listen to us. Absolutely. If you say, hey, I heard you guys on State Already, or I know you read in Northwest, or I know you 21 class, uh, yeah. Bill is correct. I will automatically buy you a beer, coffee, and let's have a chat. You may even find yourself on our podcast here. So definitely look forward to that in 2020. I know I got some conferences that are scheduled and I'll be posting those out. And I'm sure Bill's got a busy year in 2020 as well. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the interesting things for 2019 for myself and, uh, you know, really learning more about what's out there in emergency management uh, was the partnerships that you and I were able to work with. Uh, you know, shout out to V5 Systems, uh, who partnered with us. We're on one of the episodes of our podcast. Uh, I know also we have coming up in our podcast for 2020, we're going to be talking to uh, actually the CEO of MindGlow Inc., who uh, does virtual reality training. And I think it's going to be a very interesting experience and talk about why the class was designed, how it was designed, and uh, really what it can do for you as well as potentially businesses in your local community. You know, that is so interesting what you brought out. And I'm looking forward to that interview um, with the CEO of MindGlow when it comes to virtual reality, because it's that adoption of technology that we're starting to see more and more within emergency management, not just the response phase, but also um, in the preparedness and the mitigation, we are super excited to see what technology can bring to us as emergency managers, those associated within the disaster response realm, and how that can benefit, not just for what we see during a disaster, but how we can help prepare our citizens and friends of ours and those that we live with in the community, how we can help prepare them beforehand. So super excited for this particular uh, interview that's coming up here. Um, and what do you say? We were talking about education there, Bill. Um, what do we have in store? Well, I think coming in store, I actually participated in the virtual reality training, and it was very, very interesting, very immersive. Uh, it really taught me to look at things from a different perspective, which I think was really able to help me uh, even be better prepared for 2020, especially in light of, like you said, uh, the number of active shooter situations that continue to keep happening, unfortunately. Uh, what yeah. about for you, Ed? So I think one of the big things um, that uh, is going to be um, one of the highlights that I'm going to try to aim for in 2020, uh, working with private industry, whether it's small to medium-sized businesses or with uh, large organizations, is understanding that just because we have a plan, just because there's something on your shelf or something that you have told everybody what to do if something happens, uh, it's actually exercising it. Um, it does us no good to write a plan and then just let it sit on the shelf. So exercise creation and development and how are we going to do that within our organizations? Uh, sometimes when you hear that we need to do an exercise or you're in emergency management and you hear about full-scale exercises or tabletops, they almost can seem very overwhelming because of the extent of how that exercise can be. So one of the things that we're going to talk about in State of Ready is how to really bring that down into bite-sized pieces and how to really get an exercise developed uh, where it doesn't seem so overwhelming, especially if you are the one being tasked with that. So Looking forward to uh, talking about exercise creation. And let's break now and go to segment uh, two, continued after this break. So we're back. And for part two, we're going to continue on this conversation here. Bill, talk to me about all hazards assessments. Absolutely. You know, Ed, I started learning more about an all-hazards assessment when I started taking some of the classes sponsored locally here. And what I found is that there's a lot of ideas and thoughts behind active shooter. But really, when you're talking about businesses or public safety, it really, an all-hazards assessment looks at financial ramifications for in case your business is not able to be operating. 
It is looking at also if there's no electricity down here. We had PG&E who was doing the rolling shutoffs during the public safety blackouts that was end up causing a lot of problems for local businesses who were not prepared. And then also really looking at, like you just said, exercise creation and walking through what would end up happening either in a tabletop setting or actually exercising it. And I was able to do a assessment for a local business and I started asking questions about fire drills and when was the last time they practiced a fire drill? And I got a very perplexed look on the face of the person I was talking to and they said, well, we've never done a fire drill before. And so we started going over what was really important during a fire drill and check in, check out policy and procedure. And, you know, I won't give away too much for an assessment, but I think that that's really important when you start talking to businesses and for public sector as well, making sure you keep an actual attendance of people who are in the buildings. That way you know what to do in case you have to evacuate. Excellent point there. I was talking with an emergency manager uh, recently and they were talking about how uh, the, their particular courthouse um, had an evacuation, um, but certain departments within the county, because it was a county courthouse, certain departments within the county didn't have their plans tested, nor did they have their staff familiar with them. So granted, while your agency may have an emergency manager, um, if your agency is not tasked with this on a regular basis, it, you may not be familiar with it. So if you are part of a uh, organization that has an emergency manager or who doesn't have an emergency manager, um, definitely go ahead and uh, take some all hazards assessments of your department and your operations. And sometimes figuring out how to do that can be kind of confusing, but have no fear that stuff is available online. Um, so education wise, taking FEMA courses uh, for the independent study um, are a huge uh, asset and help if you are getting into emergency management or tasked with some sort of emergency preparedness responsibility within your organization. Uh, like I said, those classes, 90, I would say, would you agree with me, Bill? Would you say 97% of classes available for emergency management or emergency management related are the high cost of free? That would be correct, sir. If you haven't gone to the FEMA website to go ahead and log on and get your ID number, please go to the FEMA website. It's free, free, free education. And I can't emphasize enough, no matter whether or not you're an emergency manager, in law enforcement, firefighter, a student who's interested in getting into emergency management, or even a business owner who wants to know more, please take some of the classes online. I understand it's an online class, but it is very worthwhile to have a better understanding of what you need to be prepared for in case something happens to you in the future. Absolutely. Those classes, not only are they online, they're also self-paced as well. Um, and you can attend many of them, um, not just online, but through your local um, emergency manager or emergency management or association. Feel free to take a look. Most of the time they have training calendars. So in addition to online classes and webinars, sometimes you can attend in-person training, also free um, to take that will add on to the additional training that you have received online about emergency management. And then um, there are many organizations out there that offer webinars to join, um, even if they are just informational webinars. Um, granted, there are some different parts of the industry of industries that uh, are specific or have specific emergency management needs that a webinar may be posted for them. 
Uh, so definitely take a look at that option um, to see whether or not you can take what web, uh, webinar classes could also be free too. And again, I think one of the biggest thing is just to look around and see what's out there. There are a lot of classes that are free or there's a lot of companies and organizations that are sponsoring webinars for you to have a better understanding of what the products are. And again, active shooter is a very large concern for a lot of people. If you look around, there's a lot of actual classes online that are available, including webinars where you can join in the conversation to learn more about what it is that you need. And if there's anything Ed and I can ever do for you, please feel free to reach out to either one of us also. And you know, when we talked about all hazards assessment, we really can't emphasize enough how important it is that take the classes online, go to webinars, and if you need anything for your business or for your area, reach out to Ed or myself, and we'll, we'll help you get an all-hazards assessment done and completed for you. Absolutely. Especially depending on the size of your business, it may seem overwhelming. Uh, both uh, Bill and I have experience in doing so and are able to bring it down to um, work with your organization and on your level uh, to ensure that it gets completed there. So that's a great segue towards what 2020 will bring and our expectations and what we have at State of Ready for all of you listeners out there. Bill, why don't we go ahead and start a rundown of what we have brainstormed to be able to whet everybody's appetite of what's coming up. Absolutely. So Ed and I are going to be a lot more online and creating a lot more podcasts for you. So last year, things got a little slow. Uh, Ed was under the weather a little bit. I was really busy starting up a company. And now that we're here, now we're going to let you know we are coming right back at you fast and furious. Every month, we're going to have a new one. And so I think the very first one, as Ed and I already talked about, was virtual reality training for active shooters. I can't emphasize enough how much I'm looking forward to working with all of you and letting you know about this product. Um, it is amazing. Uh, again, MindGlow Inc., if you haven't been there before, uh, the lady who is the CEO of the company is absolutely amazing and brilliant. And so we'll be covering that information in our next one. And then in addition to that, disasters don't seem to be stopping and they don't seem to be getting any smaller. So we're going to talk about disaster planning, the importance of it, how to do it for your organization and why it is so important. And each one of these is going to kind of build upon the previous podcasts that we have done. So we're definitely going to have fun on that disaster planning topic there. Absolutely. And I think that leads into our next one we're going to do, which is, as we talked about before, all hazards assessments and really helping you have a better understanding of what an all hazards assessment is. Again, it's not just active shooters. I know that that's the big, hard, big heavy topic right now. But in reality, there's a lot more that needs to go into, especially when you start looking at rolling blackouts or potential for problems with water or flooding or anything else that land up impacting your business long term. And then once you do those all hazards assessments and you identify what's going to be the uh, impacting your business, you want to exercise that. So we're going to talk about exercise planning and what it takes and how big does your exercise have to be? Who do you need to include? Uh, what's the after action report supposed to look like? So we're going to talk about that in exercise planning. And then we're going to roll directly into personal safety and really looking at not only what's important for you at your home, what's important for you while you're driving, what's important for you at your place of business. And now we're going to be talking about things like schools and places of worship as well. Because no matter what you do, whether or not you're in a bar, whether or not you're in a school or out to businesses, you need to be constantly aware of what your surroundings are. And so we'll go into pretty good depth about what you should be looking for, because really it's about using your eyes and your ears and your nose to figure out what it is that's going on around. 
around you. And let's say you are tasked with doing emergency planning for your business or associated within that department. One of the biggest things, and especially if you're a business owner, is understanding what your risk gap analysis is. Are we adequately prepared for this risk, whether it's a natural, technological, or man-made disaster that would affect us? And if not, what is the large gap that takes us from being unprepared to being prepared? What do we have to prepare for? Do we have a large earthquake threat? Do we have a large flooding threat? What happens more frequently? What's going to cost us in the business a lot more money? How can we adequately prepare our organization? We're going to talk about that in the risk gap analysis podcast, where when you are taking a look at what to prepare for and how much that possibly may cost, we're going to talk about how we can quantify that and do the best that we can for the organization with what we have. And then we're going to roll into drones, which obviously should be part of your risk gap analysis and thinking about what you need to be prepared for. And again, this goes into personal safety. And for that conversation, we're going to be talking to people who are actually flying drones now who are on public safety. We're going to be talking about the different types of drones, what you need to be aware of, the apps that are available for you to be able to be prepared for looking around your restricted airspace. I can't emphasize that enough. If you're in restricted airspace, do not fly your drone which then I think leads into the next topic that we were going to have. Absolutely. So we are in the air with drones, but then we're also going to bring it down to the ground and we're going to talk about our networks and cybersecurity. There are certain different areas of the industry um, that you may be associated with, such as wastewater and water utilities, where new rules are coming out that require cybersecurity analysis. And how does that go into your disaster planning? But even if you don't have a rule that says that you have to have cybersecurity planning, what can you do within your organization, especially as we tie more and more of our infrastructure and our operations and even our people into the cyber environment? Uh, if something happens, does that become an emergency management issue for us? Well, we're going to talk about that in our cybersecurity podcast. And I think that leads us really to uh, our next episode, which, as we said, will be virtual reality training for active shooters and interviewing uh, the CEO of MindGlow, Inc. And we are very excited for that to happen. And so when you are able to catch State of Ready, we highly recommend you download the Anchor app. Anchor has been one of our, uh, pretty much uh, the way we have been recording our State of Ready podcast. Uh, you can download it. Not just our podcast is on there, but a bunch of others. A uh, bunch of very popular ones. So we would highly appreciate if you download the Anchor app, but you can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. And when you're looking at getting in touch with us, as we've talked to you before about, please follow either one of us. Uh, I will let you know that for me, you can reach me on Twitter at 21Clets. You can also find my company's website, my email address. I'm bill at 21Clets.com or www.21clutch.com. And Ed, where can they find you? You can find me at readynw.com. Uh, you can also find me at ready underscore Northwest on Twitter, or send me an email, edward at readynorthwest.com. At any time, if we can be able to help, me and Bill are there for you. And we thank all of our subscribers to State of Ready podcast, and we look forward to 2020 and what that's going to bring. Happy New Year to everyone.